want a piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger potion. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, movie fans, movie lovers, and movie listeners. We are the Cinema Movie Podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm your one of your hosts, Zach. I'm here with one of my good friends, uh, Ed. How are you hey, doing, Hey, how's it going? Craig will join us here in a little bit. But uh, once again, Ed, you got your wish, because we're talking about a movie that you've been trying to get us to review for quite some time. Yeah. The Princess Bride, which... Um, It'll be a fun conversation. I think so. So with this episode, it wasn't just my idea. I, I do like this movie quite a bit, but an old uh, supervisor of mine, uh, who is now a colleague now, I guess, uh, was like, I can't take y'all seriously unless y'all do The Princess Bride. And, and I was just like, four years later, almost. That was about two and a half years ago that that conversation okay. went down. And then like a month later, I think I did bring it up to Johnny and was like, dude, we do need to do the princess bride. Like it's a, it's, it's that kind of movie. So yeah, yeah I'm a, uh, yeah, <laughs> excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too. Um, it's going to be a fun conversation, uh, especially since this is, without a doubt probably a cult classic film that a lot of people oh, love yeah. and adore um do you have a good weekend ed besides dodging tornadoes last night <laughs> oh no i was fine i got rain soaked basically like uh i was calling a lot of people and even sent a text and stuff like that uh i live on the uh, east side of town so where i live i think it was three miles uh away from me for that matter north yeah, you missed a at lot least. Of it, I think. <clears throat> but uh, we got pea-sized hail at maximum. But mm -hmm. where I work, however, literally was on the, I mean, knife edge of this of the storm that hit around tenth and all that. It was on the mm -hmm. knife's edge. Uh, so much so, in fact, that uh, I I am at least the current person who has access to the cameras and surveillance system. So I got to go in and last night look around 9.15, and bro, that, uh, it was nuts. Uh, because you've got yeah. a point in time where it, uh, where it, uh, is calm and cool, whatever. And then just, whoo, you know, it's, it goes yeah. nuts for like, yeah, I bet, I bet the, the security security footage looked really good. It was it, it was, was interesting to watch, I guess. It, well, to a degree, it didn't have a perfect angle on it, but it had a good angle. And I mean, there was sirens and lights and all kinds of stuff going everywhere, so it was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. How 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 yeah, about you, man? Well, it's um, we're kind of in the that type of we're kind of in that time of the year where it's starting to um. You know, hey. this is something we're gonna have to deal with for a while. We got Craig hopping aboard. Welcome. 
Hey, how's it going, so, bro? But other than that, I mean, my weekend was pretty good. Um, Craig, how you doing? Oh, we chilling. We hey, see? Chilling. Oh, there you go. Okay. Hey, Craig. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> 20 hours in. So, yeah, 20 hours in. Um, yeah, other than that, Craig, did you have a good weekend? Um, I did. Yeah, I did. Good. I did. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into it, guys. Uh, any recent watches or anything you've played, obviously, and I know you want to talk about the Hogwarts game. Uh, we'll start with you first. Um, so watching, for that matter, since this is mainly a uh, you know watching kind of thing, uh, other than watching Princess Bride, um, Basically, it's been South Park a lot. Uh, I convinced my wife finally to get into it. And I think it was two weeks ago because I haven't seen Yawn about that time. Uh, yeah, we've watched like nine and a half seasons, I think, so far. Oh, wow. So... <laughs> out, of eight, yeah. out, of eight, out of eight trillion seasons of television? I think it's on 26, if I'm 26, not mistaken. 27, maybe? Somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. Mid mid to late twenties. It's on a lot. I know yeah. that. And uh, then um, Hogwarts Legacy. How's the game? I know you guys have been texting about it in the thread, so Man, uh so I don't know how long Craig is, but I'm in twenty hours plus. I'm level twenty six twenty-four. Uh <laughs> twenty-four now. Um going through a lot. Uh, 29% <coughs> completion, so, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm Hufflepuff, so t- take that with, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, Slytherin over here, we, 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 we jamming over here in the common. Hey, that's all right. You know, if you're into dungeons and all that, go to Slytherin. If you're into barrels, c- come over to Hufflepuff, you know. <laughs> uh, Craig, anything, anything you want to recommend, watch, play, anything uh, like that? Ed, you're going to be proud of me. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so not Uh-oh. only am I about 25 hours in to Hogwarts Legacy. Heck, yeah. I have watched all three Fantastic Beast movies. Oh. I have watched Prisoner of Azkaban and the one after it. Goblet of uh, Fire. Goblet of, Goblet of Fire. Fire. I've watched those two. I watched the three of those. Um, watched Princess Bride for today's episode. Um, Busy. Yeah, I've played a ton of. Uh, there's a game called Naraka. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, it's a Japanese lore with. Uh, it's like a PvP with melee weapons and whatnot. Uh, so I've been playing that a lot. Um, been playing chill. Um, <laughs> been my boy going to countless birthday parties. As we all know, February has been Still. busy for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean just. Things here and there on the side as well, like um, Last of Us. I'm not caught yeah. up with last night's episode, but uh, other than that, I'm caught up. Um, just kind of been watching a lot of stuff here and there. Nothing really like sticking, other than just kind of getting into the Harry Potter stuff. Nice. What do you think about the uh, the Fantastic Beast movies? So I mean, I you know. I enjoyed them. I I was hoping that a fourth will be made. Um, I know there's talk that there probably won't be a fourth made, but yeah. Um, However, uh, I do know it's, ten, 
I think it was technically supposed to be a five picture deal. I think. I so. think it was. Um, not one hundred percent sure where it's going now. However, what I do know is this: uh, Hogwarts Legacy Two is already greenlit, and HBO of Max. It is. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I think it sold like twelve what? million copies in the first. Yeah, yeah. like wow. it's insane. Um, not only that, but what I have heard through the grapevine is that HBO Max is even thinking about picking it up for a series. Oh, there you go. So the, we'll see how that goes. I mean, <coughs> the Harry Potter lore—it's—it's it's working for me right now. I don't know what it is. I didn't think the game was going to be any good. For, I knew it was going to be all right. I didn't know I was going to be this heavy into it. I'll right. Yeah. To me, twenty-five hours into it, the best place or the best way—I'm sorry—to describe this game right now is kind of Harry Potter's take on Skyrim. Mm. I, to me, okay, so, that it's, was, so it's kind of like free, like it's free, free room, room, not free room, but free um, roam, like an open world type thing. Oh yeah, it's free roam. You you can okay. you can either choose to do all the quests you want, and just go through the main line as fast as possible. You can do all the side quests that you want. You can go and just, uh, I mean, obviously there's steps down the line that you 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 don't just get everything handed to you on a silver or golden platter for that matter. Like, right? You know, you have to build up your rooms. You have to build up you know, your wardrobe and you have to build up your spells. You have to build up like you're a fresh student coming in and you are a fifth year, brand new, fifth year, yeah. um, which is very, very strange, but apparently there are uh, reasons for it. And I will not spoil that. But as far as, you know, you going to get to do spells everywhere and fighting other wizards and fighting beasts that want to kill you and harvest your body for food time and all kinds of other weird stuff. Uh, this is kind of, even in my eyes, the game I've been waiting for. Like, this is... I don't know if either one of you have played the OG PlayStation Harry Potter and the I've Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, I've seen it. So mm-hmm. that is this is that combined with uh, Skyrim. Graphics, yeah. Oh yeah, fantastically, but like immersely, immensely better graphics. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, but. I know. I, obviously, I know it's very, very popular. I've been watching. I've been seeing ads for it all over. Every time I watch television, so you know, I, <laughs> you know, it's something that you know. I'm sure I'm a Harry Potter fan. I'm, you know, I'd probably get into it if I had a PlayStation Five. So, um, that, that one was... thing, one thing that I do think is hindering this game is. The PS5 and Xbox Series X came out early February. PS4 and Xbox One have to wait until April 2nd. And then but, Nintendo Switch is in like June. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm, so, I thought it was April 4th. It might be April 4th. Somewhere in just, the early April. <laughs> it's, it's the fact that they're having three different tiers of it being released. It, it kind of hinders it for a lot of people. I think that might even be, and I mean, correct me because you're the guy who knows this a lot more than I, than probably any of the other three of us do, but maybe that's for server reasons. No, um, I just think they got it set up and ready for next gen. And then they were like, you know what? We should probably release a last gen. So there was limitations on the last gen and they had to correct those before they could put it out. Mm. But 
I mean, hey, you know, it's making people such as myself go and buy this thing. A uh, my wife calls it the tower so lovingly, <laughs> but uh, two, you know, the two towers. <laughs> yeah, we can put ours together. And make- <laughs> <laughs> um, some of my recent watches. I it's kind of brief for me. The Princess Bride. I rewatched Creed. I'm gonna watch the first few before we go see Creed three. Um, and I've been what, still on home improvement about about halfway through season Ooh. six. <laughs> Stupid. Of, that was good of, though. Out of eight seasons, um, you know, it's a fun show. You know, it's definitely cheesy's nineties nostalgia, but it's 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 still funny. It, make, it makes me laugh. So um, next uh, this Friday, uh, Demon Slayer. Ed, you into Demon Slayer? Uh, no, I have not gotten into it, but I definitely have actually thought about that. Simply There's just. A... Yeah, they got a new movie coming out for Demon Slayer, so I'll be watching that. Uh, it'll be a double feature: Demon Slayer, Creed, Creed, Creed three. three, and Demon Slayer. Yeah. And then we start talking about Creed Three. He's like, "Well, Demon Slayer is like, oh, I guess you went and saw the wrong movie." <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig, look back at last week's episode: Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I still hold to my uh, opinion. It has some problems tonally, but I think it's a fun film. So, yeah. Ed, did you get Ed? Did you get a chance to see it? No, uh, there was a lot of problems at work that I had to go in and fix. Um, yeah. So I did not get to that day. And I am waiting on funds after that. Yeah, yeah. That so, would hinder the movie going experience. But yeah, usually. Craig, did you, did you, did your opinion change after a week's thinking about it or is it to kind of stay the same? Uh, it, the movie probably is a little lesser in my opinion. I think, I still think it's fun. I still think everything was there for it to be great. Um, I just don't think it hurts it. It hurts it for the reason of Kang being in a solo film. Yeah. when We all know that Kang isn't going to die or anything, you know, in that solo film, you know, we know nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of hindered it in that aspect. Cause you weren't hundred percent sure what was going to happen. Uh, but other than that, it was there's issues but it's still fun yeah totally agree ed if the listener the good listener wants to reach out to us whether the social media or email how would they do that man it is too easy uh you have got to have one of these for that matter uh so facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast that is c-i-n-e-m-e-n movie podcast instagram you can go ahead and reach us at the same forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast twitter is c-i-n-e-m-e-n 405 and the email of course if you want to send in any of your picks any of your thoughts suggestions or as well as your top five email us at cinnamon921 at gmail.com that is c-i-n-e-m-a-e-n 921 at gmail.com send your thoughts our way Thank you, Ed. As always, send us some emails, send us some tweets, messages, whatever the kids are doing nowadays. Uh, But guess what, guys? It's been a while, but we have a top five today, and it's been quite quite a long time. So let's get into our top five 80s romantic comedies.
All right, guys. So, like I said, uh, The Princess Bride, it's very much a romantic comedy and a lot of different aspects. So, let's dedicate our top five to the top five 80s romantic comedies. And anything that came out in the 80s goes. So, does anyone have any honorable mentions to start off with? Negative. All right. So, uh, Ed, let's go ahead and start with you, number five. 16 Candles. I mean... You almost can't Enough get said. more eighties than that. Uh, I th I think there's only one other movie that gets more eighties than that, and it's not a rom com. Well, maybe two actually, but yeah, Sixteen Candles is just eighties as they come, man. Yeah, Plain I totally simple. agree. It'll <laughs> show up. Late. It'll show up later on mine. Uh, number five for me. Uh, can't buy me love. Patrick Dempsey, Amanda Peterson, Seth Green, which I forgot he was in, even in that movie. Um, Young Seth Green, too. Yeah. Um, very much the the nerdy guy tries to get with the cheerleader. You know, it's a very cliche <laughs> theme, but it that was very that was definitely the hype of the 80s. A lot of movies oh, revolved yeah. around that. Um, and it works. I still think it works to this day. So number five, can't buy me love. Uh, Craig, what's your number five? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I it's hard to rank these because I haven't seen a lot of these in quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just gonna kind of go with what I remember. Uh, Wing so it. If, I, if a movie uh, doesn't kind of fit in that genre, then you know, sue me. Uh, number five for me is gonna be uh, Risky Business. Mm. Okay, Tom Cruise. Oh, 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 Cruise himself. It was it was under the rom com uh, genre, so hey, that's all that it takes. Very nice, uh, uh, Ed. What's your number four? Uh, you can never put baby in a corner. You can't. Mm. Number four, Dirty Dancing. Uh, man, Patrick Swayze embodied that, you know tough guy but serious dude at the same time you know it, it's cool because it, it makes you wonder what he'd be doing today if he were still alive yeah. uh and i mean this is what 06 to 2023 now that he's passed i think 17 years yeah oh nine crazy oh nine <laughs> okay yeah. so 12 years or 14 years sorry but uh Still, you know, either way, that's still a considerable amount of time, and I think he would still be doing very, very good. I think he'd probably even be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point, possibly. But who knows? We don't get that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't even know. But yeah, Dirty Dancing, number four. You know, now that you actually say that, I could actually see him playing... Uh... Hank Pym, Michael Douglas's character in Eight Man. That would, I think, that could work actually, in a weird. Or way. maybe even ego. Yeah, ego. Possibly ego. Oh. Uh, my number four, Tom Hanks classic, Big. I mean, yep. twelve years old, you make a wish, you're a grown up, you get to live the adult life <laughs> without any consequences to a certain extent. And I mean, who doesn't like to dance on a big piano? I mean. I mean, that's that, fair. Enough said. Enough said. I mean, literally, that's it. it is that that's, a pun with the scene. The... See what I did? <laughs> uh, yeah. So number four is big. Uh, Craig, what's your number four? Uh, number four for me is going to be. I'll go with the Breakfast Club. There you go. Number four for me is going to be the Breakfast Club. 
in a weird way that is a romantic comedy, even though it's more of a teen drama, but it kind of yeah. all those combined. So, uh, Ed, number three. Number three, I'm going to ride your coattails. Big. Um, man, seeing that kind of thing go on with the piano, for that matter, or any of the things like with his friend, you know, coming in and he's got to do the God, I don't remember the whole dance and say the song for that matter, but you know, it, it, it is kind of a thing to where like, okay, you know, what if one of us transformed into a kid, you know, little for that matter. And we're trying to get on here and all that. Like, how would we explain that? I am who I say I am to everybody. You know? I'm, so, I'm really surprised that they haven't done, done that. Honestly, as a spinoff little, yeah. just do that. Just do the same thing. Just flip it on its head. Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, contact us. We got ideas. Um, Seventeen again might have already taken that though. Oh yeah, technically, yeah, that's true. Um, But number three, number three, we're talking about today, the Princess Bride. So we'll get into it. Uh, Ed, uh, Craig, what's your number three? Uh, Number three for me is going to be Weird Science. Ah. Oh. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Nice, Nice. Uh, and number two, number two for me, uh, more comedy than romantic, but romantic still nonetheless. Coming to America, man, uh, that one was very ch- cheeky and very just cheesy, but it done right and it done well for that matter. I uh, gotta say, you, you love it, uh, you love to see it, and I mean, Eddie Murphy. So all very, there is to it. very, very, very popular Eddie Murphy at that point. Yeah, I know. And I mean, just had Coming to America 2, what, last year? Uh, uh, like two, yeah, three I think years 2021. Ago. I think 2021. Yeah. So, you know, got a sequel after how many years? Yeah. Well, so. from, from what I heard, it probably should have been left alone. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Number two, I think you have to have this movie if you're going to talk romantic comedies is uh, When Harry Met Sally. Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, classic, classic film. Um, and on, ironically, I think it's only like an hour and like 20, 30 minutes. So you, it's a very in and out film with uh, two great performances. So uh, number two, When Harry Met Sally. Craig, what's your number two? <clears throat> number two for me is going to be uh, the movie we're talking about today, Princess Bride. Very nice. And then, uh, Ed, your number one 80s romantic comedy? So I'm going to kind of ride on coattails of Craig this time, in a way. Uh, I didn't know if it would be considered or wouldn't be considered. Some might, some might not. But The Breakfast Club, man. Um, I don't think an 80s movie is more 80s than The Breakfast Club. I, I really don't. I mean... Oh no! I what? What? Nothing. I my list got messed up. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think you have another movie that could compete as far as generation and decade wise uh, yeah. with that movie. Um, and I'm not talking like you know. I'm talking just specifically like that. Like defines the '80s. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fair enough. And, you know, we did an episode on it back in 2019, I believe. So, I think so. Four, almost 
five years ago. Seems that's hard to believe. <laughs> Damn. Um, uh, number one, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. You, that was your number five, Ed. Uh, 16 Candles. Really, really love this go. movie. It's that's very much, I think it's my favorite John Hughes movie, to be honest. Um, and you know, like I said, it's the very much the the geeky girl in this in this case, the geeky girl tries to get with the the, the jock, which is you know, kind of flips it on its head, but it works all the same. You know, John Hughes's uh, direction and screenplay, very much 80s, very much teenage angst, and it works. So, uh, number one, 16 Candles. Uh, Craig, what's your number one? Um, <laughs> last minute change. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had Grease, and I just when I went to pull it up to look at it, it was seventy eight. So uh, oh. I could do Grease too. Mm. <laughs> Grease two is okay, but it's not. But yeah, so I'm in that list. Like I said, I didn't really eighties uh, rom coms haven't really been my thing as of late, go, as you can tell. Go with hairspray. Uh, hairspray. <laughs> John Travolta hairspray. No, well, <laughs> no, I don't think no, there's so. another hair. There's a there's yeah. an old hairspray. There is the 80s hairspray. John Travolta was the mom in hairspray, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm just gonna leave it to Greece, screw it because I can. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Well, guys, that's our top five. Uh, let's go and get into the movie we're talking about today The Princess Bride, uh, released. October the 9th, 1987, currently holds an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 87% of the Google uh, Google users have it at 87%, starring Carrie Ellis, Mandy Petitkit, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, Wallace Shane, Andre the Giant, Fred Savage, Billy Crystal, and Robin Wright in her first feature film, uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Ed, I'll start off with you. Um you remember the first time you saw this and uh, compare it to for the for the show? Uh, first time I saw this, uh, do I remember? Negative. It's been years. Um, first time I remember, I thought it was kind of corny because I'm just like, why is this dude reading a story to this kid? And no. I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was that cool. Uh, teenage angst probably played a role in that. Um, but you start out with Fred Savage, of course, and all that getting re uh, read a story by his grandfather. And yeah, man, you know, it starts out from there, goes into the story, and we get kind of carted off. Um, but yeah, man. Now uh, I, I do truly like this film. I think it's a great, great. Uh, it's not only it's not only a great film because of what's on screen or who's on screen, but it's also a great film because of what happened behind the scenes, which mm. you know it is incredibly Elaborate. hilarious, huh? Elaborate. So, like what, like, what do you mean, like the, the, the production of it? No, well. No, but I mean, like with uh, Andre the Giant, for that matter, and his oh yeah, uh, uh, pranks and stuff like the antics mm. is perfect. Actually, uh, you know, once I think he's, I, I could be underdoing this, but I think there was like a minute and a half long fart <laughs> to where he had literally, and later on, the director was like, "Andre, are you okay?" He's like, "I am better now, boss." Yes, thank you. <laughs> I heard Andre would go and get just 
Uh, wasted yeah i mean like white girl wasted at a pub that wasn't too far from where they were shooting and i mean like he would literally like drink bootfuls and bootfuls of beer um but i mean that of course apparently happened all over with that guy uh so there's that but yeah it's just different stuff like that that you hear happen behind the scenes uh in the everyday life so hilarious yeah i um first time i saw this honestly i didn't watch it as a kid so i was just you know kind of whatever about it um to be honest i think the first time i saw this was 2016 maybe 2017 and honestly i was kind of disappointed by it just because of all the hype you know people just love this love this movie i think it's you either you love it or you hate it yeah and to me it was just it's okay. It's fine. It's a classic Zach. Zach, it's fine. Um, but on this rewatch, I, I don't know. It, I just it hit me the right ways, and it. I enjoyed it a lot more this time. So, I don't know what that says. It, you know, good movie. Uh, maybe stupid. Caught stupid on the mind. right. I don't day. know. Yeah, caught on the right caught day. Caught on the right it. day, right time, <laughs> right mood. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 perfect. Perfectly fair. Instead um, of ginseng, you had Earl Grey today. And the old gray just happened to be the princess bride. There you go. Perfect. Well, that's it, folks. We'll just end the show on that. <laughs> um, Craig, what about you? First time watch compared to now? Uh, yeah. So first time watching it, um, I just kind of remember bits and pieces of it. Um, just, I, I, I felt like I would only watch bits and pieces of it because I wasn't that into the movie but i saw the movie in its entirety because my parents watched it that much mm-hmm. um so being able to finally sit down and watch it here just a couple of years ago um i just i first off with this rewatch i realized just how fast this movie goes by yeah. I mean, this movie blazes by it's yeah. only an hour and 30 minutes um outside of the storytelling and the credits, you only get about an hour 10 of the actual on-screen film. Um, Do either one of you get this kind of like vibe like comparatively to the never-ending story with this? um, Just because it's the reading of the book. Because I mean like that that to me it's the what is that? the, The 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 this time setting and all that yeah it's yeah. very they're very close to each other and when they released uh, like yeah. the medieval time type of setting and yep. <coughs> whenever I saw it was Rob Reiner I just immediately think back to Dickie Roberts former child star <laughs> he, he's like the the guy in that movie and that's that's like really what I that's all I know Rob Reiner for which is funny that that's what I known for but and it's funny that you said that uh ed because the never-ending story actually came first back in 1984 and then princess bride was three years later so you this may be a parody well you know honestly i think the book so yeah that's what i was gonna say uh let me look real quick um and then what was never-ending story if it was a book when was it released that's funny. The book came out the year before Never Ending Story, nineteen seventy three. So <laughs> that's that's funny. 
Um, yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. I think you know this is definitely a film that has a lot of sentiment to it. You know, especially you know you start off with Fred Savage and the grandfather. You know, Fred Savage is kind of this like little boy eh. that doesn't doesn't care, just wants to, doesn't want to hear grandpa's stories, just wants does to play his games. Yeah, <laughs> does that have sports? Yeah, and I think you know anytime. I think that's what, what sets it off first off is like anytime when you're young and you go over to your grandparents' house and they want to tell you a story, you're just like, whatever, I don't care. You know, that's just so relatable to everybody. Yeah. I think it just hooks you just right then and there. So, man, so like I might be the weird one, but like I was always, I've always been in love with going over and listening to my grandpa's stories all the time or my grandma, you know, getting her advice on whatever uh, for yeah. that matter. And then on top of that, like they always watch the old gunslinger westerns, you know. Um, so there's yeah, turn, that turn classic movies all day. Uh, somewhat, actually, yeah, no, for yeah, sure. Um, no, my grandfather, my well, it's not my step grandfather. That's all he watches, like John Wayne and you know old 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Clint Eastwood, yeah, John Clint Eastwood. Yep. And then my grandmother, yeah, I I would agree. You know, I I would enjoy her stories about her growing up, and you know, yep. just what a different life that was. Um, Craig, did you have a similar upbringing or something similar to that? Um, I mean, my grandpa would always just tell me stories about when when he was in the army. Yep. Um, fair. <laughs> yeah. He, he he. There was always the one where he talked about eating spaghetti, and the noodle would hit him in the face, and he had sauce. <laughs> I don't know. My grandpa was just very, he was very old when, even when I was a kid. So his stories were very similar repetitively. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. They just always, I mean, that's what they grew up on. They grew up on stories. They grew up on, um, you know, relaying Gathering. information this way. It wasn't through text or, you know, it was all, this is what happened. And let me tell you the story of what happened. Yeah. Gathering around the campfire yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's a word of mouth, the spreading of, you know, the classic way you share a story. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think once you get into the story, honestly, you really become attached to these characters, especially with Buttercup and Wesley, who is just a fond boy. Immediately fond boy, do this. starts off with, uh, with, you know, you're just hooked on, you want to know why they're so infatuated with each other. You want to know how they came to be. And yeah, it's just, it's a great, 30 second little opening window and you're immediately just like, I want these two to succeed. Yes. I mean, not only that, but then, you know, it gives you Inigo Montoya and his, uh, his story. story. Mm -hmm. uh, What, I mean, there's a ton of it right here, you know, throughout it, it gives you characters like Vizzini, Mm -hmm. uh, Miracle Max for that matter. There's a ton of stories and a ton of good, great characters, and even you know, yeah. Fezzik was Andre the Giant's uh, character. But yeah. you know, it, it's kind of that thing. This guy goes along, and you know, uh, Wesley goes along and makes a ton of friends with his old enemies. At one point, <laughs> the Man in Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, they, they all kind of don't know who he is and don't know what he's doing, but all right, you bested me. So you must be a noble person that, you know, you didn't kill me. 
So and I like how it's very um it's a very ragtag group of characters, you know, Andre the Giant, Sean Wallace, and Mandy Batinkit. They're all they're all very different in like their characters and their mannerisms and everything. Like yeah. Wallace, uh, Sean Wallace has the voice. Andre obviously Andre's the giant. And um Mandy Batinkit, uh, Montoya is very much like the Swan. He remi- he's very he reminds me of like the th- the twenties and thirties movie stars where it's just like like you said, he's very suave, and he's like, he's on a mission. No matter what he's what he's doing, he's on a mission to do something. And it feels like matter. Feels like everything he says is a catchphrase. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and you I was, know, this. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the other thing I like about it is that it's almost like it reminds me some. This movie reminds me so much of like Young Frankenstein. It's like making fun of that genre of film, yeah. the Renaissance medieval. Um. Oh, so you're gonna get in the water with giant eels? Well, okay, like let's see how, <laughs> let's see how that does for you. You know, it's making fun of the situation, I guess. Yeah. Well, okay, because you have eventually you come up to uh, the Sicilian, uh, for that matter, and you know the the dialogue in that is great. I I think the dialogue in that is part of the best parts, one of the best parts of this movie, and. You know, later on when you get the death of the Sicilian, for that matter, uh, and Wesley basically is like, yeah, I've been building up a uh, you know immunity to Iocane powder for years now, so I, I laced both of them. And she's just like, so, you, you know. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I, I really just thought about this as I was watching the movie, is what is like the one thing in those medieval stories, Renaissance stories that they always talk about the morals of like, um, skill, strength, and and, and intellect. And each one of those, you know, he fights Montoya, which is skill. He fights Andre, which is strength and intellect with, uh, uh, what's the Vicini. Vicini. So, so it's just like, you are taken from medieval times, but you're doing it in a very cohesive and actually brilliant way of doing it. So. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's and, it's very quick. It's like three trials, boom, 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 very quick. It continues the story. There's no layoff. It's it's kind of believable in how he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, when I watched it today, I was just like, I, I remembered this segment being so much longer than it was. Yeah, and it's over yeah. in like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, the pacing of this is really good. <clears throat> Because when you're a kid, all three of those trials seems like an hour. Yeah. Easily. Easily. You know, and I mean, then you've got, you know, the kind of tongue-in-cheek of them rolling down the hill, you know. Um, You've got... (laughs) Very, very corny, but... Very corny, but kind of like, yeah, yeah, that, that would happen in the story. You, you don't, you don't ever question it, and that's I think that's the enjoyable part about this movie. And I mean, every character is simple, plain and put, just stubborn as hell, you know. Because the Sicilian is his big word is inconceivable, you know, and all that. And every, he says it so many times; it's just like, oh my gosh. After a while, Dude. you're like, do you even know what that means? <laughs> like, A, exactly. Do you know what that means? B, you're stalling for time, just like Wesley says. And C, you're extremely worried about this. 
Like, you know this dude's smarter than you. You know, Inigo Montoya, you know, is constantly, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. die. And it's that prepare to die, you know, kind of thing. And he's searching for the six-fingered man. And, you know, (laughs) then, then, oh, my God. Then you've got the love. I was just like, oh, like the first time I'm like, what are they what are they doing here, man? Like it was you know, very now. blazing saddles. Yes. Oh very well, not to that level, but not very, to that level. Very but the way, Yes, the way that yeah. they were each the like, dialogue. They, they had characters that were just extremely um well because not not far fetched, but just like exaggerated personalities. Yes. Yeah. Well, because yeah. the woman in Blazing Saddles talked just like that, if I'm not mistaken, didn't she? Like she would say, you know, love or something like that. Like she would he talk. A, he has a li- she has a lisp, or they have a lisp, or something like that. But his was like very like his mouth wasn't moving correctly, or you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. I call it baby talk in a way, especially and, when it's done like that. Like mm-hmm. a lisp is one thing. That that's you know yeah. That that's natural, but this is like done that way. <laughs> like, why? It, why do you? You know, yeah. now that I say it, it is very Mel Brooks. The yeah, the um, the oh, what was his name? The albino man. Oh, the guy that's in the 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 cave that's torturing. Oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah. he's very. Uh, I don't know what his what? name. But yeah, it's, yeah, I think his name's the Albino Man. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. And he's very like you know he has the the diseases and he's the very, Albino. That's what it's, that's what he's called, uh, just the Albino. Yeah. And he's like talking really weird. Then he coughs, and then he has that normal kind of, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree with you, Craig. I, I don't know why. Like, it's very Mel Brooks to the point of like it's it's just spoofing on those type of stories and yeah. it's just it works so well i'm really surprised he didn't direct this to be honest um i'll but, tell you why he didn't <laughs> well yeah go watch blazing saddles and you'll, then you'll definitely know why um yeah it, and the funny thing is it's you know this movie is so craftily well done i mean this this only this movie only had a budget of 16 million dollars but it's miniatures, it's models, it's <clears throat> sets, it's matte paintings. It, it, you know, it's everything classic Hollywood in order to, you know, there's no computers back then. So we had to create stuff and create this world. Yeah. And it still holds up to this day, to be honest. Organic props. Man. Yeah. Like... I mean, there was, <coughs> there was times when they were running in, you know, on location, they were running mm-hmm. through the grass or through the mountains or whatever. And I was just like, I can just sit here and imagine there's like six people. They're like action. And he runs up the mountain and then they cut. Like, it was just some scenes were just extremely uh, low budgeted. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you said $16 million. That's, yeah. I'd say they made a fairly good product for $16 million. Oh, yeah. The one that always cracks me up is the one where they're um... – they're climbing up the cliffs, and you can clearly tell it's like a stunt double that has like prop or like fake <laughs> bodies on him. <laughs> yeah, that's portraying Andre. When they're yeah. when when Andre's holding 
uh, Wesley and his yeah. body's just limp. I'm like, that's just a, a cotton stuffed dummy. Yeah. And it's just a giant, like, teddy bear. You know what I mean? It's just body's limp and its legs are just hanging there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, this movie made $30.9 million, which, you know, technically in those terms, especially with the budget, that is a success. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you know, this movie, it's become obviously a cult film and it's become a considered one of the best films of the night. You know, when you say list the top five films in 1980s, this is definitely in the top three for sure, at least. Oh, yeah. um, and I, you know, I think it works, you know, it's not a film that I want to go back to all the time, but you know, I, I had fun with this. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about Well, speaking of Craig, props and sets this fire swamp when you can clearly tell it's just like pyrotechnics that come up yeah. out of like little parts of the ground or the set i mean i mean hey it there was some there was some rough stuff in this movie but yeah. when when you go back and you think like man this was in the 80s like it could have been much worse oh yeah especially with a budget of 16 million um mm -hmm. yeah i mean of course you can't forget the rodents of unusual size which is clearly like an animatronic puppet <laughs> But I mean, you know, there's a ton of stuff in that decade that we have that was inventive and they knew what they wanted, yeah. but they didn't have the technology to pull it off truly like they wanted to. Yeah. Well, you know? and that's the thing, because if this movie gets remade today, it's all CGI. There, you know, what I, I can a think fair all this, bit of it. I think all of us can agree that what works in this movie is the practical effects are the the settings and the locations and the. You know, the matte paintings are clearly, you can clearly tell when they're matte paintings, but it works. You know, it just works for this type of film. Yeah. And I'll, I will argue to say, I don't think the, if, if a person is going to redo uh, something like The Princess Bride, I don't think they do it in much like CGI for that matter. I think maybe 15 to 10 percent, 10 to 15 range is mm -hmm. perfectly fine, you know. But at the same time, I think that the props are the key to this movie, like you're saying, exactly like you're saying. I think they're the key to it. And as far as going like... Do, so I think it would be brought to a new level with the props and the makeup and the effects and stuff like that that was organic, just because like you've got talent shows now that are TV shows that are, you know, like who can create the best monster or the best alien yeah. or yeah, whatever, man. you know, you literally have those. So, I mean, that right there is pushing the boundaries of makeup artists and prop artists for that matter. And it's making them do bigger, better, more realistic, more grotesque and more, you know, just vibrant uh, things nowadays. So I yeah. think with that, I, I think this could be pulled off but very, very well. But, but I think, but I think this, but a remake would be damned automatically because people love this movie yeah. so much that it, it just wouldn't work. Exactly, it wouldn't be something say Dune for that matter. Yeah, <coughs> it would be on the opposite spectrum. It needs. Of that. It, 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 this is not a film that needs a remake like no. the original Dune. It you know, it's just it's it's just it's good for what it is. Okay, it's, it's good as it is. So when I was watching this today, and it was uh, the part with Anigo Montoya when. Um, 
I can't remember the exact part, but he's like kicking a chair, very like WWE-ish. Yeah. And he's like saying stuff. And I'm like, I I would almost bet money that Jack Black pulled some of what he was doing for Nacho Libre yeah. from the Inigo Montoya character. That's yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Because just like the overreaction of like the head turns and the the accent, the overdramatic. Yes, yeah. I, I, I would almost I would bet money that he pulled some sort of inspiration for Nacho Libre from from this character. That's funny. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really I funny that you say that. I know it's very random, but it's just like it was no. so out there. I was just like, man, that that's very reminiscent of something. And then I was like, that's that's Nacho it, Libre. Yeah. I mean, when you start thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, that is a lot of the mannerisms and overacting, and it's just like, okay, yeah, that makes kind of <laughs> that makes a lot of no, sense. And I it, mean, it fully does. People pull inspirations from everything. It's just it's funny oh, yeah. that I was able to see it and be like, man, that is exactly what I would assume. He was like watching this, and he's like, that's going to be my next character. <laughs> that gives the, me an idea for this, yeah. you know, this guy. But instead of a sword fighter, he's a lucha libre you know kind of thing yeah. like that the character that's freaking that, awesome the character that was just so abundantly random just out of nowhere well it makes sense for the like the plot but like miracle max billy crystal's character is like like what yeah. <laughs> just randomly coming out look man th- this times you've got to have an old wise wizard that's kind of a crackpot but at the same time will do the best stuff you've ever had you know Mm-hmm. Got to, and I love that. I I relapsed like hard on the limp Wesley thing. It's just like hold my head up. Okay, hold on. Like I <laughs> mean, it's just like Man, let me get it's Andre Giant's hand on his head. Ooh, I yes. was just sitting there. I was like, dog, that dude's hand is massive. Well, I mean, when you have a guy that makes Arnold Schwarzenegger look like he's small, yeah. Oh my gosh, like that. That's just how massive that man was. But I mean that dude. That dude had Red Bull cans for fingers. He was just like <laughs> twelve ounces. There's um, I don't know if you guys ever did. You guys ever see the HBO documentary Andre the Giant? I never watched I it. it. It's really good. Like it, it talks a lot about what you said, Ed, about the excessive drinking and the the pranks that you would yeah. do on people, and just how just how a genuinely nice guy he was. You know just. Fans want to just talk to him or just want to get an autograph. He'd be like, okay, you know, just, you know, (laughs) just does it. Um, Yeah. Overall, I mean, the physical quirky comedy of this, it just works. You know, I don't, I'm not sitting there going like, this is stupid. Turn this off. You know, it just, even the sword fight between Montoya and the, and the the, the man in the, in the black man in black. Yeah. It's actually really well done. You know, I mean, don't wrong. The the it's a very tongue in cheek and cheesy movie, but where they needed to go ahead and put some of this stuff into extremely decent uh, preparation and execution, they made out like bandits on this movie, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, it's got very good choreography. It's got good stunts. It's got funny outtakes. It's got hilarious lines, one liners all day long. You know, it's stupid. It's awesome. It's action packed. 
I don't know. Like, you can't say too much more good about this movie. Like, there's not much more to say other than, like, if you haven't seen this, (coughs) you need to. And if you don't like it, then... I don't know what you're expecting. Yeah. It's it's got a good score. Um, the the theme song of it's good. The pacing of it's really good. Mm-hmm. All of the characters I feel were were chosen Necessary. and done very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no throwaway characters. I mean, even like the the pastor or the the priest that's doing yeah. the marriage. There's something funny about him. He's not just in there to be. You know, the priest, let's do this and get know. it over with. Like they're doing that, something to make it memorable, and I think you know that's another good thing. Like every every part's very, I wouldn't say very different, but there's very memorable moments in literally every scene, and yeah. it makes it an enjoy to watch those scenes, and it makes it fun and memorable to go through and rewatch those scenes. You'd be like, man, I remember when I was doing this with, I was watching this movie, and I remember this part with my parents, or I remember this part at another time. Like just, just very it's well nostalgic. done. It's very nostalgic in a way. <laughs> and then, like, even if somebody doesn't know the actual title of this movie, you can go ahead and quote probably, I'd say three or four lines, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, oh, you know, they're gonna." I've, I feel like Inigo Montoya is probably like one of the most the main one, number like, one. Yeah, yeah. You know the line, and you've never seen the movie, and then you see that you see it, and you're like, "Oh, I've." I've probably seen this movie a thousand times then just by yep. knowing this one line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, this movie is just so deeply loved that in 2016, uh, the film was selected by the library of Congress for its preservation in the national film registry. So it's culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, which means they'll always, there'll always, there will always be a copy of this. And I think, uh, this film is on criterion. So it's, which... that's how much it's reached that status. It's the historical part for me that's kind of like, what do you mean? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I want to know who was like, this is historically like needed. You know, I, I understand. Yeah. Culturally, yeah, absolutely. Culturally, yeah. Historical, I, I don't Historically kind of gets me a little bit, but fair enough. You know, like, this is one of those movies that made the 80s, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Like, okay. I, I, I defined a generation. And yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, Favorite scene, um, Ed. We'll start with you. Is there something that just kind of sticks out that you just like? I love. That's why. That's why I like this movie. Personally, it's it's the Sicilian. It's the game of death or game of chance or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, wits. Yes, game of wits. There we are. Thank you. Uh, I didn't have the wits for that. Um, no, nah, man. Yeah, game of wits. Hand down. Hands down. Uh, that. And. That to me alone would be the best part of it, or the most kind of that scene. I'd know exactly where you're where you're going. I'd know exactly what you're talking about or showing me every single time. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say probably the Montoya and, and the Man in Black sword fight. Like I said, yeah. I thought it was well done. Choreography was. Um, you know, for what it was, I thought it was really well done. And just kind of like the quirky comedy of the film, the when Wesley's limp is just like, hold my head up, you know, <laughs> or you know, get me to look at this way. The Miracle Max characters, like I said, kind of out of left field, but it, it works. Yeah. And, um, and just kind of seeing the ragtag team 
of like Andre uh, Montoya and Wesley kind of go after the the damsel damsel in distress. I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Craig? Uh, I agree with you. The the Montoya Wesley fight, uh, Man in Black at that moment. Um, it's very you know he's like, just give me a minute, I'll get up there. He's like. He's like, I'm in a rush. And he's like, if you're in a rush, throw the rope down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's just the the back and forth banter between them two um, where it's just kind of like they're both. You, you know, Wesley is the man in black at that point in time, just because you've seen the close up. Um, and you're just like, they're both very uh, men of their words. Yeah. yeah. And there's, they're just like very gentleman like he's like. No, we'll, we'll fight when you're ready. And so they sit down and they rest. And he's like, it's very kind of you. Uh, you know, just the the ultimate sportsman-like of those, yeah. sportsmanship of them two were, it was funny in that moment. And yeah, and yeah, I, I would say that is a good scene. Just the comedy of it. It's just like, hold on, just get a breath. You know, I'm not going to kill you right away. <laughs> yeah. You know, just get situated and we'll, then we'll start fighting. <laughs> and then he's like, um, you know, I'm laughing because there's something I know that you don't know. I'm not left-handed. And then they're, they, they fight for a little bit. And he's like, I'm also not left-handed. And then he immediately disarms him. It's... Like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That stuff right there is just genuine comedy. That's really it. It's, All right, guys. That one's good. Uh, star rating, one out of ten. Um, I'll just go ahead. And, I was originally going to give this movie a seven, but I think just talking about it with you guys and just kind of just thinking about it, I'm going to raise it up to an eight. You know, it's not film. It's not a film that I want to go back and watch. You know, like I said, I think this the last time I saw this, the first time I saw it was 2016. So more than six, seven years ago. But like I said, like you said, it was the right cup of tea when I watched it. So uh, I'll give it a give it an eight. What about you, Ed? I will go a little bit higher at a nine. Um, When I was a kid, I thought it was kind of a weird movie, kind of. A little funny, but at the same time, like I didn't understand it, I guess. And now I just, I, I love the movie. I think it's a great, great movie. So, yeah, nine out of ten, man. Craig, finish us out. Uh, you know, um, even though I, I enjoy this movie, I was kind of dreading rewatching it just because I've seen it. So I felt like I had seen it so many times. Um, and then when I watched it, I, I was hooked. I was enjoying every minute of it. Uh, the pacing was, like I said, very good. It felt like it was just going to be, it, it, it honestly felt like a 45 minute movie. You know, that's about half of what it, the runtime is. Um, the, the funny parts were, were funny. The, the witty comedy was witty. The characters were great. Um, I, I think it's overall just one of the, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what it is, and it's it's probably in your all-time list. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, you definitely probably have heard the title. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Um, just overall, I think it was a really good film. Easy to watch, in and out. Yeah. Uh, nothing really bad with it. Yep. Uh, Princess Bride, you can find it on Disney+. Plus. You know, listen to our review and go watch it again. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Next week, we are headed back to the theater for Creed 3. Um, I think all of us at this point, I think all of us really enjoyed the Creed movies. Um, I think all of us are very anxious or excited to see what Michael B. Jordan is going to do with this one, especially since he's in the director chair. 
Um, right now, it's currently at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has an 8 out of 10 on ING, INGN. Um, Man, two... So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, two weeks ago this Friday. Yep. And then he comes out with another movie, which is going to easily be the winner of the weekend, making oh, yeah. probably 180 to $200 million this weekend. Yep. I'm Crazy. excited for it. Uh, Ed, you have any final thoughts? Uh, Princess Bride, are you excited about seeing Creed 3? I am. I, like you said, I'm very intrigued in what Michael or Michael B. Jordan is going to go ahead and come out with. Uh, we'll see, you know, what he can do for that matter in the uh, literal director's chair. So, yeah. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I, I man, uh, just what. You know, the first two were, were, were the first one was really good, second was pretty good, and then you know I feel like this one's just going to take it up another notch with with how Jonathan Majors is going to be able to come in and and be that opposite side of the coin to, to Michael B. Jordan and yeah you know we all know that Michael B. Jordan's an extremely talented actor is able to deliver lines um, up there with the best of them <clears throat> and I feel like Jonathan Majors. Equally as good, if not better, at some points. So I feel like they're really going to push each other. Really going to push each other. And and I think it's just going to elevate the movie past one and two. Even if the storyline's not really there, I feel like them two just bouncing off each, off, off, bouncing off of each other is going to be extremely good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with everything you said with, with you guys. Um I think I'm seeing it Saturday, not Saturday. Sometime it's on Saturday. Uh, the biggest thing, I'm very excited to see what this franchise or what this character looks like outside of Rocky Shadow. You know, this is the first film we're not going to have Stallone as that iconic character. Um, and we're going to see how Michael B. Jordan and or as Adonis Creed does um, living with li not living in his shadow and not living in his father's shadow and being his own yeah. person. Um, yeah, that's next week, guys. Cree 3. Go check it out in the theater. Um, guys, you have anything final nail in the coffin for the Princess Bride? Um, nothing with the Princess Bride. What about you, Ed? Inconceivable, just you know, perfect. No, nah, man, but uh, can, can we talk about movies coming out? This month What's is up? so packed, it is crazy. This this might be one of the most stacked months in recent memories. What, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, well, I mean, you got Creed three this week. Yeah. Um, you have Operation Fortune, Ruse de Gloire or whatever. I mean, it has. Um, <coughs> Jason Statham. Uh, Jason Statham and I mean, just a bunch of recognizable people. Jason Statham, Carrie. Uh, coincidentally enough, Carrie Ewells, mm. <laughs> um, Hugh Grant, Josh Hartnett, Aubrey Plaza, Guy Ritchie directing. Um, you got Scream 6 here uh, yep. next week. Shazam, Fury of the Gods after that. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you guys. Oh, yeah. That's coming that, out this month. That trailer, it looks really good. Yeah, like, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy, but the trailer looks really good. John Wick Chapter Four, the week yeah. before that. Yep. Um, 
And then, like, you, also the same day as Scream 6 is 65, that Adam Driver, Adam Driver movie. Yeah. And then Florence Pugh has a movie, A Good Person, with her and Morgan Freeman on the same day as John Wick Chapter 4. So it's... I, I was telling a friend, I was like, I'm probably going to be at the movies every single weekend, at least Friday, like, Saturday. I'm not an AMC, like, spokesperson. Well, yeah. But if you have that monthly thing where you get three movies a week, you're going to get your absolute money's worth this month. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. absolutely true. Um, Inside with Willem Dafoe on March 17th. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but I mean, Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. And I think the first, I think the first Friday of April, April the seventh, um, is um, Super Mario Brothers. Is that yeah. is that true? Yep. Yep. And then at the towards the end of um, April is Evil Dead Rise and uh, The Covenant. Have you seen the trailer for this with Jake Gyllenhaal? It's like a a military film. Uh-uh. It look it looks pretty good. It's actually directed from Guy Ritchie too. So she he has two movies back to back. And then April fourteenth, you have Renfield. The, oh yeah, that's all the Dracula movie. Yeah, the Dracula movie. Um, the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe. Evil Dead <laughs> Rise on the twenty first. I mean, and like, Gar- and then Guardians is May the fifth. So yeah, these these six weeks dating back to Gar- uh, Ant Man. That's that is a massive, <sighs> massively packed, like. Movies aren't going to get the credit they deserve. They're not going to get the box office they deserve because mm-hmm. of everything coming out right now. Like you could go through and look at 65 is probably going to make $25 million this weekend. And it could yeah. be an outstanding move. Not this weekend, but uh, more screen six. And it, yeah. yeah. And, it, and that's its, big, its biggest competition is screen six. I mean, well, it's coming out the same the day. the second as weekend that. of Creed three. Yeah. Did you mention Supercell? <laughs> Considering what that. we just actually went through, I yesterday. I don't see it on here. Uh, it should be March seventeenth. Supercell. What is it? Supercell. Yeah, <laughs> basically about tornadoes and all that. March seventeenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alec Champions oh. with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that looks I mean, like ridiculous. Like yeah, um, you could you could easily see two or three movies a week yeah. in the month of March. And be entertained with every single one of these. Every single one of these looks like a very, very promising film. Oh yeah, and and like you said, Craig, between March the third to May the fifth, there's almost something coming out every single weekend. And that, like I said, I mean, if you're a movie fan, you're probably going at least once or twice <laughs> during the weekend, you know. But speaking of, um, I'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and announce our schedule for the month of March. Uh, March 6th, Creed 3, we're doing two back-to-back in-theater movies. Um, March the 13th, we're doing Scream 6. Uh, and March 12th is the Oscars, and depending how the Oscars turn out, um, we'll either do The Fablemans, if it wins Best Picture, Steven Spielberg's new movie on the 20th, or do The Big Lebowski as one of those two films. But either way, <coughs> the 20th, is either Big Lebowski or Fablemans, and the 27th is either or. Where's and then, Fablemans? Is it out, or is it on... Um, I think... I want to say the Fablemans... Part of me thinks you can watch it on Peacock, I think. Um, and and let's talk about Cocaine Bear. That was number... Well, no, it was number two at the box office behind Ant-Man. Which, but it's <laughs> getting some really good reviews. 
which is bonkers because that I I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> it, it's getting like eighty to eighty five percent of like critics, and I think like eighty five to ninety percent uh, audience score. Audience, huh? Yeah, and that and the funny thing is, I read the st- the true story about Cocaine Bear, and it's like that bear. There was a bear that ingested a whole bunch of cocaine, but it didn't kill anything, kill anybody, because it just it you know he ingested so much that it killed him automatically. But so. it's the what if story. Yeah. <coughs> and do you know who directed it? Elizabeth Banks, which is <laughs> so weird. The Pitch Perfect director, Elizabeth yeah. Banks. Yeah. Yeah, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75% audience score. So Okay, yeah. so it dropped a little bit. Yeah. But that's going to be it for us today, guys. Uh, like I said, Cree 3 next week here on the Cinema Movie Podcast. Um, everyone be safe. Everyone have a good weekend. Good week. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Later.